girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. What's up? I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode because we have on one of my best friends, Sam. If you listen to Monday's podcast episode, she was also on the show, but while she was here visiting us in Denver, I told her we had to record two podcast episodes together, Monday's episode and today's episode, because these were two very juicy topics that her and Cena and I got into. So Sam, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is going to be fun because we're talking about triggers. And I want to kind of set the stage here with why this is important for us to talk about because so often we go through life, myself included, Sam included, you're going to resonate with this listening in, is like we go through life and sometimes we like to point the other, like point our finger at somebody else and, you know, blame them for our circumstances or for us not being where we want to be or for our uncomfortable feelings or insert whatever. We want to point the finger at somebody else. But we really need to do is flip that finger back around, point it at ourselves and say, what can I own here? How can this be more about me? Because we can't control anybody else. We can only control ourselves. And we know that cognitively. But gosh, this trigger concept is so freaking interesting because when we start to identify what it is that's triggering us, and we're going to share one of mine that was literally, I will call this like a life-changing conversation that we had. <laughs> that That's why I wanted to share it on this podcast because you know I love to keep you in the loop. Like we're girlfriends chatting here. And I think this will be something that I'll remember for the rest of my life of a trigger that's come up for me several times. So let's set the scene here. And Sam, how would you identify what a trigger is? Yeah. I mean, I came in hot on the plane the other day. Like, <laughs> I just read this book and it was talking about how if somebody is doing something and you have a negative reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So you're either pointing fingers, you're upset, you have any kind of strong reaction to it, that's a trigger. And oftentimes when you're triggered, it has nothing to do with the other person or what mm -hmm. they're doing. And it's something inside you that's either unresolved, not looked at. If you're familiar with shadow work, talk yeah. about it. But it's like this, this unresolved fear, need, desire, shame in your shadow that's or causing you to act out in this way. Yeah. And I had gone through and basically made a list of these are all of the instances and in people in my life where I'm experiencing a trigger or yeah. have experienced a trigger. And let me figure out what's my role in that. Mm -hmm. Where have I created that environment? How am I contributing to that environment? And the theory was if I could get to the bottom of it, then maybe I could get rid of that and not have like any kind of tension. <laughs> and even if you didn't get rid of it, you would have really interesting conversations with a lot of people about things that trigger them. And so when this topic came up, we I started to think about this particular incident in my life recently where I felt really triggered. And I noticed how this has actually been a pattern in we needed to figure out what the root cause of it was so that I could essentially resolve how I was feeling to feel better, honestly, but then truly get to like what needs to be fixed like or explored internally in me so that I can prevent feeling this undesirable feeling. But if I do feel it, recognize that's only an opportunity for me to do more work on myself rather than look at somebody else and say, let me figure out how I can change you, right? Totally. And even at first, if you remember when I asked you, I was like, so what are, what are your triggers? 
And you were like, I don't have any. Yeah. And I was like, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody has them. So, okay, let's let's rephrase it. What's an instance where you got really upset? Mm-hmm. Or you found something really annoying, really frustrating. And we started to use different words for it. Yeah. Trigger. And that's how we started to like land on a few instances where you're like, oh yeah, this actually drove me insane. Or yeah, yeah. I had a really negative reaction to this. So if you hear the word trigger and the word itself is triggering to you, <laughs> where you're like, I don't want to use that word. Like it sounds really intense. Then insert, what's a time in your life where you felt frustrated? What's a time in your life where you felt angry? Or sometimes like I've noticed that this could be really applicable for a lot of you listening in is like when you've got more frustrated or annoyed or angry than what the situation makes sense to get that emotional level, right? We're like, I had something happen. So I'll give you some context to one of my triggers, which is I had something happen recently where I felt like my reaction to the situation was so much bigger than the actual situation, which to me indicated there's some work that I need to do there, right? So like if you can find any time in your life where like you have reacted really big to something and you're like, I don't really know why I reacted so big. And maybe you didn't do it externally, but you did it internally in your body and you're and it's bugging you. You're like, why did I react so big? I was in this season of kind of wanting to explore this. And then Sam presented this question of like, let's talk about triggers because I just watched this book or I just listened to this book and I'm so interested in this topic now. And I was like, oh, I don't feel like I have any triggers. And ironically, you were like, well, what's something that's frustrated you? And I started explaining to you the situation where there was someone that I felt like they were presenting themselves in a certain way that wasn't authentic. And authenticity is a huge core value of mine. If I really admire, and like probably if you listened into Monday's episode and now you're going to listen into this episode, you can understand why I'm really good friends with Sam <laughs> because we like to talk about juicy topics. Like we don't really like surface level conversations. We like have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and we're just like digging into like, let's get into our souls and we're sitting on the couch and we do that for hours and it's so fun. And it's like one of my favorite things to do is to have these types of conversations, which is why I'm bringing this to the podcast. But when Sam was like, okay, what's what's something that's frustrated you recently? I explained the situation of someone presenting themselves in a certain way when I knew that wasn't the reality and it was inauthentic. So when I said that, what was the next question you asked? Yeah. And we were kind of stuck there for a second because I asked you, I was like, okay, well, why is being authentic important to you? Mm -hmm. And your reaction was, well, it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, why is it the right thing to do? Like, why is it important to be authentic? And we kind of got stuck there for a little bit. Yeah. So then we took it from a different angle and the question became, okay, well, how do you feel when something is not authentic? What Mm -hmm. does inauthenticity like bring up in your body? What's that emotion for you? Yeah. And I said, instability, right? I said, I really, so I find that I really am attracted to people that do the thing that they said that they're going to do and are have a predictable personality. Like even if it's a really bold personality that I can kind of predict that they're going to act the same way in certain situations, right? Like chameleon people, I think chameleon, being a chameleon is awesome that you can adapt yourself to different environments. And we all do that to a certain degree. But like when someone is like drastically different when they're with me versus when they're in a different group setting or when they're in a different, you know, around a different person and they're different all the time, it makes me feel really unstable. So when I see someone who is presenting themselves, say it's on social media, presenting themselves a certain way, when I know behind closed doors, that's not what's actually happening and I'm aware of it, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And when I said to Sam, it makes me feel really unstable. That's when we started to like be able to actually dig into it. So explain when I said that your brain was like, hell yeah, like let's get into the juice. So what comes next? So for someone, cause I want you guys to like find yourself in this example. Maybe this isn't a trigger for you, but find like, 
as you're thinking through this, when you're thinking, what are my triggers? Like what frustrates me? What annoys me? It's probably going to be a surface layer answer of like, well, that just bugs me. It's not right. Or I don't know. It's just annoying to me. That's not a, that's not developing the, or that's not asking yourself the right questions to get to the root of it. So now the next question was, okay, it makes you feel unstable. Yeah. Cause if we stay in that surface area, then we're not really going to get to whatever is like messy that we have to work through. Mm -hmm. So when you were saying unstable, I was like, okay, well that's interesting. Like where are other, when have you felt unstable before? Mm -hmm. Like is instability a theme for you? Yeah. Can you tell me about a specific time? Yeah. And we kind of like circled on that for a bit. I feel like until we landed at a place where you're like, oh, I got it. Like I know what made me feel unstable. Yeah. And so for me, I grew up with someone who had a lot of instability because of alcoholism. And I realized that I really craved stability from like a childhood, right? I think a lot of times this can stem back to a childhood issue or it can stem back from like a traumatic something that you've gone through can often be where these triggers come from. And so for me, I recognized because of the environment that I grew up in, I really craved stability. And when I didn't have stability, um, I felt unsafe, right? Which safety is like such a core fear that people have, right? So like we're talking now, let's trace this back, right? So we're going back to like somebody appearing a certain way on social media when I know that's what's not going on behind closed doors made me really frustrated. And again, to explain this, I reacted bigger than what the actual issue was, right? And this was this was an example of someone on social media and this has also happened to me people that I'm connected with where I'm like, oh, like I feel uncomfortable about this. I feel frustrated by this. I feel annoyed by this. But often my reaction is bigger than what the actual situation is, which indicates to me there's some work to do there. Okay. So now I know there's work to do there. It's like, okay, if I can identify what the trigger is, then I can actually go back to like, this makes a lot of sense to me. And now I can feel safe again. So from this noticing that someone's being inauthentic, I recognize, okay, why does that bug me? Well, it just bugs me because I think it's the right thing to do to be authentic. And then it goes to, well, that's not a good enough like way for me to get to the core fear. So it's like, how does someone being inauthentic make me feel? Well, it makes me feel unstable. Okay. When was a time in my life where I felt unstable and how did that impact me? Well, in my childhood, I felt like there was a lot of instability certain times. Okay. How did feeling unstable make me feel? Well, it made me risk, like feel like I had my safety at risk. And how does making you feel like if you don't have your safety, what happens? Well, theoretically, the worst case scenario is you die, right? (laughs) Which sounds really dramatic, but like it is, right? And you end up there so many times with this exercise where it's like, oh, like you get abandoned, you die. Like it sounds dramatic, but it's not dramatic because there's a prior version of you that does have that, that core unresolved need or that core unresolved fear. And until we really look at it, it's going to keep getting tapped on Mm -hmm. all day. So if you're just scrolling through social media and four things trigger that like instability, childhood instability in you, I don't feel safe in my own home. Yeah. Imagine how that is going to impact your nervous system, mm-hmm. how it's going to impact your reactivity, how it's going to impact how you show up in different dynamics and different relationships. So you could be in this like highly reactive state mm-hmm. when you go to do the 10 other things that you need to be on like a good energy for. Yeah. And that's happening all day, all the time. If we're not looking at, okay, why am I having such a strong reaction to what is a seemingly harmless, innocuous, like not going to impact me thing. Right. Okay. So let's give 
another example of this, but through the lens of there's a lot of women listening to this podcast that would identify as like a type um, Enneagram three achiever. Um, maybe they are a little bit more concerned with external validation and that's like a big driver for them. And right now, especially this time of year, if they're listening to this episode in real time, it's a new year. So there's this like striving of like, woo, 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 let's go like, you know, that mode. And so there can be this trigger of wanting to achieve and wanting to be validated by achievement coming up for them often. I mean, they might not even be aware of it, right? They probably aren't. If they're listening to this episode and right now they're like hanging on of each word, like, let's go. So how do you feel like that comes up? I mean, I feel personally called out. Yes. <laughs> three who does all the things you just described. Um, for, for me, I can say that a lot of it comes back to this concept of worthiness, mm-hmm. which is like inherent worthiness. Where does that come from? For me, it's very tied to, I think as an achiever, like it's tied to accomplishment. It's tied to what I'm able to make happen. Um, there's an element of control to that. Like if I feel like I can control the outcome and can achieve a certain milestone on my timeline, then I feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. When you remove the control piece from it, when you remove the ability to be validated from it, it can be very destabilizing. Mm -hmm. So you end up in the same spot where it's a totally different reason, but your body doesn't feel safe Mm -hmm. where it is. And it's relying on something that you may not have had or maybe like getting in ways that aren't the healthiest. Yeah to give you that sense of security and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had, we kind of talked about both sides of it, but it's like, it can be triggered by external things, but it can also be triggered by internal things. So can you give an example of both of that? Like an external thing that could trigger it and an internal. So an internal thing could look like, you know, I set a goal for myself and I am, didn't hit it. Like I'm So like right now, also thinking about this of, this time that they're listening to this episode is like maybe gung-ho January 1st, like started with this goal of like, I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to post on social media for my business or I'm going to insert whatever that they're going to do. And now right now they're like, F, I didn't do that. So internally they're saying things like, well, I'm a failure. Why did I even set this goal? I knew that I shouldn't have done this. Like I'm not capable of doing this. Oh, good for her, but I can never do that. Like insert all of the internal dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. So when that comes up, what what do they do to not go into this shame spiral? <laughs> I mean, Kaylee and I, a uh, good friend yeah. of ours, were literally talking about this exact thing last mm-hmm. week, how New Year's can be this time where you feel like it's so transitional and I have to change my whole life and yeah. all the things that I've been putting out as like this future version of me is going to do these things. Like now is the time that we claim it. Mm-hmm. When in reality, winter is not a good time for that, just like yeah. the way our bodies work. <laughs> um, but I think unpacking, and this kind of goes back to our gold dip conversation, but mm-hmm. unpacking like, what is my attachment to that goal? Yeah. Like what have I defined that goal to mean about my own self-worth? Cause like just for more context on this, like I do believe, and we talk about this often on the podcast that we think that we set goals because we want to accomplish the goal, but it's often the feeling that we think we're going to get from accomplishing that goal. And in turn, what that could make us think about ourselves or make other people think about us if we accomplish that. Right. So like, what does that mean? Totally. Like if I, if I set a goal and I hit the goal, then that proves to myself, okay, I'm worthy. And it proves to other people, okay, I'm worthy. And that builds a sense of security and safety. Yep. The shadow side of that is why do I feel the need to have a third party goal? Define those things for me. Like it's finding the inherent worth of the situation and like of yourself really at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So the trigger can be falling short of it. The trigger can be feeling pressure from other people to hit it. Yeah. The trigger can be other people's expectations. The trigger can be, there's all these different instances where 
how you react to the trigger mm -hmm. can also be different. Yeah. Like maybe you avoid. So yeah. you don't put yourself in the, the situation. Maybe you're reactive. So when you people, get mad, people ask you like, how are you doing on this goal? Um, they could be asking harmlessly. Yeah. Like, and you get frustrated by what it. What happened with that? And you lash out. Yeah. Like, why are you asking me about this? X, Y, Z. But they were just asking because they were curious and you said it was important to you. Yeah. Because you think they're questioning the worth. Mm -hmm. potentially when really it's same thing. It's a harmless conversation, right? But our shadow self is what's coloring what they're saying and attaching mm -hmm. a definition to it. That was probably never there. Mm -hmm. So through like a day-to-day -day experience, if someone is struggling with a trigger that's tied to one of these like internal dialogues, like could it be someone else winning could be triggering to you, right? What like what would be some examples that someone could catch right now in their day-to-day -day life if they're not identifying with an internal trigger, but more an external, like say someone that they set this goal with is accomplishing that goal. Or say they have like, I don't know, a weight loss goal and someone else is achieving that. Or they had a goal or they're really intentionally focused. And maybe it's not a goal actually, but they really want to find their person that they end up marrying. And someone that's close to them just found their person, right? So like, what are like, how can we catch what that trigger could be? I think comparison is a huge trigger in so many yeah. ways. And that's why, you know, my thoughts on social media. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I think social media can be such a, a toxic place in a lot of ways. It can be great, but it can also be toxic. Is if you're scrolling through and you're constantly evaluating yourself versus all of these other people. Yeah. Like you have this internal narrative that is not going to be very complimentary, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You're stacking yourself against other people's highlight reel, mm -hmm. certainly. And then you're letting that reinforce like a limiting belief that you may hold about mm -hmm. is your timeline moving fast enough? Um, are you accomplishing the things that you should be compared to all of these other people? So it can be super triggering, mm -hmm. I think. And at the end of the day, that robs you and all of us from connection. Yeah. Because that's not where anybody wants to be at. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be cheering on your friends. You want to be super happy for people when they're, they're hitting these things in their lives. So really looking at, okay, why do I have such a negative reaction to something that cognitively yeah. I feel very happy for them about Yeah, is a really good opportunity. I, I'm glad you brought that up to yeah. look at where a trigger could be sitting for you. Yeah. So, okay. So if someone listening to this right now, if they're honest with themselves, they're noticing that they're in this pattern where they're seeing someone else win in whatever quote unquote win looks like for them. And they are noticing that they're uncomfortable with it. I hope you're loving today's episode. I wanted to pop in here real quick and thank our sponsor of today's podcast, my favorite non-toxic, anti-aging, anti-acne, no hormone disruptors skincare line that actually freaking works. I've literally been using ClearStem for over five years. One of my best friends is actually the co-founder. And you know, like if one of your best friends does something, like you want to be super supportive, but you're like kind of nervous. Like what if I don't actually like it? <laughs> so five and a half years ago, I tried the skincare line and I was like, holy crap, I'm obsessed. So now both my husband and I have literally been using the skincare line for over five and a half years. And why I love it is because it's non-toxic right? And there's so much crap in our skincare and in our products. And I wanted something that I really loved that worked really well. And I have just been such a diehard clear sim fan for so long that I decided to bring them on as a sponsor of this podcast. So what's really cool is you can head to clearstemskincare.com and use code Keisha, or you can check the link in the show notes. Um, and it's going to get you a sweet discount on all products, but they're really big on education as well. And figuring out like what's the root cause of any of 
your skin issues, but also even if you don't have major skin issues, which I actually personally don't, it's been really helpful to just keep my skin feeling really good. I love their face wash and their scrub. I love their bounce back um, serum. They also have a bunch of other serums depending upon what your skin issues are. And the thing that I also am obsessed with, if you're looking for a new moisturizer, their Hydra Berry Moisturizer. You put it on at night and sleep in it and your skin will wake up feeling like a baby's butt. And right now in this current era of new mom life, I love putting it on. And although I'm only sleeping in like two hour chunks, it's so nice because I'm like, oh, my skin at least feels really fresh and good and super moisturized. So anyways, if you head to clearstemskincare.com, make sure you use code Keisha. That'll get you a sweet discount on all products. If you have any questions, of course, DM me, shoot me a text. I love talking about these products and hearing how so many of you are obsessed with them now too. So check them out. And without further ado, let's dive back into the show. So now what would be the question that they could ask themselves to get to the root of like what one of the core fears would be? Like if you were to walk someone through, I think like step one could be like, I'm reacting to this and I don't really like the feeling that I'm feeling. So now that's step one, right? First I would ask, what are you feeling? Yeah. And it will probably be a friendlier term of what the real core feeling is, but Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's jealousy. Mm-hmm. There's there's going to be something there. And then unpack why. Yeah. So what in you is your concern? So if this person has accomplished something, what is that bringing up for you? Are you questioning your ability? Mm-hmm. Are you questioning your competence? Are you questioning your timeline and your pacing? Are you questioning your value? Are you questioning... Like, What does that cause you to look at? Yeah. And then ask yourself, why do you feel that way? So where is that coming from? Where Mm -hmm. have you felt that way in the past? Think of it as if you're investigating your own beliefs until you get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And that in itself, I think curiosity, like I love the word curiosity because it feels like such a playful way to ask yourself questions that can bring up stuff that can be really difficult to navigate because it's easy to go to that other side of like shame, right? Or it's really easy to go to like, I don't feel worthy. And like we do, that's not the point of this is to go to either one of those. But the point is to say like, can we kind of put on this, like, I mean, what I just thought of is like Mary Kay and Ashley, like when they were solving crimes by dinner time, like this like fun approach to like, let's be curious of like, where could that be coming from? Hmm. I wonder when this has come up in my life in the past. And if you take that lens, that's a little bit lighter, you can get the depth without having to feel to like self-deprecate. You know what I mean? Totally. I think this should be an abundant exercise yeah. at the end of the day because you're, you're identifying areas for opportunity and improvement Yeah, for yourself, for your relationships. It's all about growth mm-hmm. and having the playfulness I think is really important and also having compassion. Yes. So the version of yourself that's triggered is a hurt version of you yeah. at the end of the day. And this is a really cool opportunity for you to heal that part of you mm-hmm. and reintegrate it and show it that it could have a different way of living and a different way of existing. So this is a really, it can be a really abundant, expansive exercise mm-hmm. and even doing it collaboratively, like yeah. with somebody you trust and somebody you care about, you know, where is this coming from? They can mirror some of that compassion back to you, yeah. which is really important. Um, I'm sure that's why this is so popular in therapy, Yeah, but just finding a space where to your point, like you can do this and it's not an attack by any means. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system is already getting attacked by the trigger. Yeah. We want to come in and befriend it mm-hmm. and say, what's going on? You know, let's coach ourselves through this. Well, and the 
cool part about this too, that I think is a really interesting thing to think about. And you and I didn't even talk about this, but we're just talking about this now is I'm thinking of how noticing that I was getting frustrated by, for example, let's take people that are coaching people in business on social media. And I was catching myself getting frustrated by people that were saying they could coach people in business that haven't done the thing that they're coaching about. Sina and I notice this a lot in the real estate space. And this frustrates the hell out of Sina is like when people are like, let me show you how to build it like an Airbnb business, but they don't actually own an Airbnb <laughs> or people that are like, let me show you how to build your business in the online space, but they've never actually done it. That is really frustrating to me to the point that I get more frustrated than what the actual situation is, which again is an opportunity to identify a trigger, but it's also an opportunity to say, if this thing is not being represented the way that I think it should and it's bugging me, maybe it's because I'm supposed to be the representation, which has been a real big pivot for me right now, even career-wise, that I've been talking with you a lot about and even sharing to a certain degree on this podcast where I'm feeling pulled to start like helping women in business and identifying myself as more of like a CEO, right? Or like a business owner wanting to help people because it has bugged me. So sometimes triggers can be a really cool compass to guide you in a different direction to get more, not just compassion for yourself and understanding of yourself, but also even clarity on direction of where you want to go. Especially if you are someone right now that's listening into this where you feel unsure of what direction you want to take your life or your career. I think when you notice some of these, that might indicate a problem that you would be excited to solve in the world, or maybe a company that you'd want to work with that's solving that problem, or maybe something that like is an area for you to start volunteering in that area or writing a book about this or, you know, starting a podcast. Like it's, it's actually a really cool thing to recognize as you're pulling these layers off. I'm like, this bugs me. Inauthenticity bugs me. And it comes from this safety core fear, which is very like, you know, obviously I have to do all these questions to get to that core fear, but I'm like, but also I'm actually really interested in moving in this direction. Right. Yeah, totally. I think we're gifted challenges. Yes. I think they develop our psychology. They develop our soul. They help us grow as people. And I honestly get a little excited when when I find a trigger or when something happens. Because it's like, oh, you know, God universe is showing me something yeah. that I can now engage with. And by working through this, although uncomfortable, it's opening up something for me yeah. that's not available right now because mm-hmm. I'm not that version of myself yet. So it becomes like a, a fun game. Of, okay, like what, what is it now? Yeah. All right, let's figure it out and let's. let's well, we want growth and we want contribution. And it's funny because as humans, sometimes we think we want it to be rainbows, butterflies, and happy little unicorns. And we idealize like, it's just all going to be easy breezy to getting to my goal or this vision that I have for my life. But if you had no areas of challenge where you were forced to confront things in you, you have no opportunity for growth. You don't have opportunities to develop new skills or learn grit or resilience or resourcefulness or collaborate or have depth of connection, right? Like, cause the depth of connection part I think is really huge. Obviously there's depth of connection with you and I even talking about this topic with you and I talking with the listeners about this. But if you can imagine if you were able to take the finger that you're pointing at somebody else to flip it back around, point it at yourself, say, what can I own here? And really start to do this work on yourself rather than looking for everybody else's triggers, <laughs> you're looking for yourself and say, gosh, like this is so interesting what's the root of this? There's an opportunity there to heal in such a massive way with someone else. That's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm, Totally. And I'm glad you mentioned the connection because this work doesn't need to be done alone. Right. And it's so easy to sit back on the the reflection of the challenge and say, yeah, it was a gift. But when you're in it, it It doesn't feel like that. that. (laughs) Like I'll call Keisha. Yeah. I hate that I am in this position. Yeah. This feels awful. And this is all the things that are coming up for me and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And she'll say, same thing. Like, 
well, if you weren't in this position, then you wouldn't be coming the version of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'd need to hear it. Yeah. Because I don't have the voice for myself to say it at that time. And then it flip-flops. Yeah. Right? So like having the people that can be that voice for you when you can't, mm-hmm. when you're in that hyper-trigger state, isn't necessarily the best time to do this investigative work. Yeah. Um, rely on your connections. Rely on people that can support you. And then when you're at a regulated baseline, call that person back up. Do you remember that? That was a little – that was a lot. Right? Yeah. Would you be down to talk that through with me? Yeah. And you'll be surprised, I think, what you can figure out. Yeah. So let's touch real quick on like coping mechanisms and like the defense mechanisms when some of this comes up because we have different ones. You and Sina are very similar in so many ways. Um, And I think it would be really helpful for people to see like what they do when they feel triggered, right? So like what are some of the common defense mechanisms when you feel triggered? Yeah. Well, when I listed out my 25 triggers that I could think of, they actually all came back to three. And then there were three defense mechanisms. So it was interesting, right? Like I think these are all different scenarios, but I'm really doing the same three things, which is in some situations, I'll avoid. Mm -hmm. In some situations, I'll retaliate. Yeah. And in some situations, I'll try to rally support. Yeah. So like find people that will agree with my side of things or will back me. And when you know your defense mechanism, Mm -hmm. and they're each mapped to a different different driver. Right. So if I feel betrayed, that's when I'll try to rally support. Right. And rally support looks like calling somebody else that you know, like, I mean, we all have the person, like, in fact, I have one particular person I'm thinking in my life that I will call if I'm mad about something and she will get 10 times more mad than me. And I love get because sometimes I don't really want to experience the anger emotion. I just like don't really love that feeling in my body, but she will get so mad <laughs> that I'm like, okay, I feel better now because like, thank you. It's a it's a form of like rallying support, right? Is like calling someone who you know is going to take your side, even if you're also in the wrong, totally. right? <laughs> that you know is going to like back you up and it can feel good in the moment, but knowing that you are, that is your defense mechanism is so important. Yeah. You feel justified. You feel vindicated, like whatever, yeah. whatever it gives you, it's giving you something and it's helping protect your ego. Yeah. It's helping protect your hurt. Yeah. So whether that's retaliation, whether it's avoidance, mm-hmm. whether it is rallying support, it can look a million different ways. Yeah. But you can start to map if by your reaction, yeah. what was the fear that was triggered in you? Mm-hmm. So even if you don't, you want to like skip some of these steps yeah. once you do the map, you can use it as a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in all instances when I'm retaliating, it's because I feel attacked. Yeah. So what part of me feels attacked and why? Let's figure that out. Okay, let me fix that. Now mm-hmm. I'm not going to be retaliating, for instance. Yeah. So what – okay, so those three, what do you feel like are some of the other – like what do you feel like is my go-to defense mechanism? I think <laughs> yours is dismissal slash gold dipping. <laughs> if you didn't listen to Monday's podcast episode, you ought to go back and listen to Monday's because we talked about Sam's definition of gold dipping, but essentially it's dismissal. And it's, it's also a double-edged sword, which I think can be – something for people to notice is sometimes your defense mechanism has a really positive and a negative side to it, right? So I think out of all people that I know, I might be one of the most optimistic, but on the flip side of it is when something goes wrong, I can avoid the lesson by dismissing that there's a lesson needed or that it's a problem in the first place. Because if I dismiss the problem, then I don't have to learn the lesson. And it seems like a positive thing of like, look at, I can put rose tinted glasses on everything. But also if you're constantly robbing yourself of the opportunity to grow from recognizing there's a problem, then you don't get to learn. And you also don't get to experience the full spectrum of emotions from being a human. Because I think that we 
not all, but some of us, and I know some of you listening into this might resonate with this. We're like, again, we think that we want to be happy that that's the goal, but the, the, I think the real goal is the full spectrum. The full human experience is like without contrasting lows, you can't really appreciate, con- you know, those, the contrast of the highs, et cetera. But dismissal, I think is because you didn't mention that one. I was like, let's get to that because that's for sure. I mean, I think dismissal is probably, is my go-to for sure. Right. It's not, I don't like retaliation. That doesn't really resonate with me. Rallying the troops. I think I do. Um, or like rallying support, whatever the troops. <laughs> um, but that's a big one. And dismissal can look a few different ways too. And it, I think it does for you, right? Yeah. Where you can just write something off. Yeah. Like I'm writing off this person. I'm writing off this event. I'm writing yep. off this side of my personality. It's yes. Done. Yes. And there's a, a little element of avoidance in that. that yeah. kind of blends it in, but it's like, you know what? I've decided you're dismissed. Yeah. And then you don't have to engage with it. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see like what works for different people, but also have compassion for your defense mechanisms Yeah. because they kept you safe mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And like they gave you the tools that you needed when maybe you didn't have the toolbox that you have today. So have compassion for the trigger, have compassion for the defense mechanism, have yeah. compassion for the fear yourself um, and just try to build your toolbox, you know? And it, I think it can feel like such a freeing like this concept in general of identifying triggers or identifying frustrations, annoyances, or or situations where you react bigger than what the situation actually is, and you know that you're doing that, it can feel so freeing. Because even for me right now, I do not have any sort of negative feeling towards the fact that I recognize dismissing an issue altogether is a defense mechanism because I can trace this back to a little girl version of me who was forced to dismiss certain situations or reframe them. And that was a survival technique, right? And that protected me in that state. And I'm so glad that I had that. And while that doesn't serve me in certain areas of my life now, um, I'm willing to explore it through this compassionate lens because what would be the point? Like, I just want to encourage anyone listening into this. That, like, if something is coming up for you, like, obviously, this is just a podcast episode. We're introducing you to this topic. Do go do more research. We're actually going to give you a book that you can look into um, to talk about this. But also, like, really do this from the lens of like, wow, I'm so happy that I'm becoming aware of this. That only gets to like help me be a more truer, fully expressed version of myself. To have more fulfillment, to make more impact, to make more income, to have more depth of connection, to be like really just feel like I'm showing up to my one shot on this planet here. Like, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And that's why I really wanted to bring you on the podcast twice this week, (laughs) Sam special week, because I do think that we have conversations like this and they're always so healing to me. And it's like such a gift. And I don't talk enough about topics like this on the podcast. And I'm saying to you, even today, I'll, I'll tell you guys this right now, listening in is I feel a real pull to evolve the content on this podcast because I think I've played it safe with certain topics for a while, but I'm feeling this pull to a different version of me who's really evolving and wanting to have more like raw, honest conversations. And I want to know also for those of you listening, and if you're kind of feeling that too, like you're feeling this evolution because it is scary to let go of what you know, because when you're in the familiar, it's such a, it's just comfortable. You know it, right? Especially when you're someone who craves certainty, like I do, because that stems down to wanting safety, right? So I appreciate you breaking this down. Totally. I mean, it's like Marie Kondo, right? Yeah. When you're condoing your house. Yeah. Condo your beliefs. Yeah. Condo your defense mechanisms. Condo your subconscious triggers and fears. Yeah. And just let it go and, and find a way to do that because it opens up a really healing space for you to bring in a ton of joy and happiness and love and, and yeah. all those good things. And on the house analogy, I'll just throw this one out there too. 
Um, for anyone that's remodeled their house, you don't need to do every room at one time because then it's a total shit show. So if right now you're identifying like there's a lot of triggers that I have, like maybe just start with one. Like for me, I'm starting with this like authenticity piece. There's another, you know, piece of me that's triggered when I feel like I'm exerting too much energy. Rather, like there's certain things that are coming up for me, but what I'm addressing first is more like I'm gonna renovate my bathroom first before I do the kitchen simultaneously. So it's like, okay, bathroom. You you are triggered by inauthenticity. Where does that come from? Why does that bug you? How can you start to catch that in your day-to-day life? Okay, then let's explore another trigger. It doesn't have to be... I mean, Sam kind of rips the Band-Aid on life, so she wants to do like 25 triggers at one time. If you heard that and you're like, what the F? Like, I feel like I just ripped a scab off. Um, you can also just start with one, which is my approach to this. More like, you know, renovating one room at a time or layering a cake one layer at a time. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. And as you can tell, because I'm being so much more transparent about this, like this is a big evolution season for me. As you know, like I have an eight-week-old baby. At the time this episode really is released, he's actually nine weeks. Um, and I, like, I just want to know if you're feeling that too in this season. So slide into my DMs or tag us on Instagram. Sam's not a big Instagrammer right now, but you can tag me and I'll make sure that she knows that this was helpful for you. So love you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.